at the time, my husband wasn't there because he was traveling for work. He was, he's a musician. Because he wasn't there, ultimately, I married my dad. Mm. I married a guy that wasn't there. Welcome to Real Talk with Ramesha Nicole podcast, where we get real and experience freedom. I'm your host, Ramesha Nicole, an international teacher, speaker, and coach who, after just 10 months of living abroad, paid off over $10,000 worth of credit card debt. However, I soon learned that the journey wasn't about the debt, but that it was a journey of internal transformation. I learned that true debt freedom was in my mind, body, and soul. Now on this podcast, I am on a mission to help you shift your perspective on debt from the inside out by giving you the tools needed to pay your debt off for real this time. So get ready, y'all, because it's about to get real. Hello, hello, Freedom Fighters, and welcome to another episode here on Real Talk with Ramesha Nicole podcast. In my Erica Badu voice from the song Tyrone, how y'all doing out there? Listen, if you all could see me sometimes, I literally have concerts by myself in my house. I am so excited for today's episode because it features one of my favorite sorority sisters and friend, Miss Cherie Johnson. You all are definitely in for a treat because she is going to help us evolve and get free from attracting the same type of relationship due to an unresolved parental issue. Now, as I've mentioned before, the sole purpose of this podcast is to help us gain a clear understanding of how things in our lives are keeping us in debt. Rather, it's mindsets and attitudes to behaviors and habits. They all have some relation to the way we spend and handle money which ultimately keeps us in debt. The same is true with relationships. The type of people we have around us and the type of relationships we allow ourselves to attract or be in can either help us operate freely or bound. And you all know I'm a God girl and my true belief, my personal belief rather, is that debt is bondage. If this is your first time here, what I want you to know is that this isn't your typical debt freedom show. In this community, we believe that true debt freedom is in the mind, body, and soul. We believe that if you are not free and whole in those areas, it not only affects your finances, but infects your finances. And I do this through what I refer to as the four phases of internal transformation. For more information on those four phases and their relation to debt freedom, be sure to check out Mini Lessons 1 through 4 in Season 1. Our guest for today came to a realization that her toxic relationship with money was a result of a void that she had from the relationship with her father. As a result, she continued to attract the same type of guy that resembled her father which only made her relationship with money worse. It wasn't until she had a revelation and self-awareness moment that she realized it was time to heal in that area so that she could break free, not just relationally, but financially as well. 
Here is her official bio. Sheree Johnson is a native Houstonian with a passion for impacting the lives of tomorrow's leaders. In 2004, she earned her Bachelor's of Science in Interdisciplinary Studies with an emphasis of early childhood education. In 2016, she earned a Master's of Education with an emphasis in curriculum and instruction. Knowing that she was called to do more and make a greater impact, she went on to obtain her principal certification in 2018 and is now walking in her purpose as an elementary assistant principal. Through her life's experiences, she continues to live by the motto, with grace and forgiveness, there is nothing we can't overcome. Without further ado, here's my conversation with my sister and friend, Sheree Johnson. Hello, Sheree, and welcome to Real Talk with Ramesha Nicole podcast. Hey, boo. How are you? I'm good. Okay, y'all. So, Sheree is my big sister from college, and my nickname for her is Boo Boo Kitty because she is my boo, boo kitty. She's fierce. She's fire. She's a woman of God, and I just love everything about her. And so, Freedom Fighters, please welcome Miss Sheree Johnson. Yay! Yay! <laughs> Oh my gosh. Okay, so Sheree, you and I, post-Qatar, you know, when I came back, we were having our our sister moment, right, when we were catching up. And guys, just to kind of give you a little background, we were at brunch and we started having a conversation and I was like, OMG, I have got to have Sheree on the podcast because I really think that this topic um, will really enlighten us as to how relationships have an effect on the way we handle money and the way we spend money. And so, Cherie, you and I were talking about your relationship with your father growing up and just kind of the dynamics of that. So can you kind of take the listeners back into our conversation that you and I had in terms of your relationship with your father and how that related to money? Sure. So I grew up in a single-parent home with my mom and my younger brother, However, my dad was in my life, but it wasn't that active role. I can recall being in middle school, meeting my dad and, you know, his two-hour visitation, if that's what you want to call it, always ended with me getting some money. So I equated this man in my life to, hey, I go to him to get money. Like, in a sense, he was my father, but the reality of it is he was my ATM. You know, when I needed something, I just picked up the phone and called. And I can even remember growing up asking my mom for things like consistently asking her, always going to her. And she'd be like, well, why don't you ask your dad? You need to ask your dad. But I realized because I didn't have a true relationship with him, it was hard for me to go to him and ask for certain things. Even though I knew that once I asked him, he gonna give me what I want. But it was kind of like, I still felt like I was asking a stranger. My senior year in high school, he bought me a car And all those things that I wanted and needed to prepare for college, like I got it, down payment for housing or, you know, the money needed to buy books or whatever. I could always call on him to get that money. But I realized that that wasn't a true father-daughter relationship that would help me to become a woman. It was more so even in how I viewed men in dating, what can you give me? Can you provide this? Like if I have a need, can you give me this? I felt like as a young lady, my love language was gifts because that's what I got from my father. Mm -hmm. I always received gifts, you know, the money, the whatever I needed. And it wasn't really gifts from him. It was always the money 
to go buy what I needed. When you're growing up and you're trying to date people, it's like, are you going to give me the money or are you going to buy me the gift? Like, which one are you going to do? But as a 35-year-old woman who is growing into her own every day, every day I become a greater version of me, I realize that my love language now is more like the quality time and the acts of service. The gifts, when they come, great, but that's not what tugs at my heart. You know, having someone who's willing to make sacrifices for you with their time or keeping their commitment to time. Because you can keep a commitment to time and not give me a dime. And that time that we had together means so much more than any amount of money you could have given me. And thinking back, when we grow up, every girl wants a man like her dad. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. Beyonce said it best. I want my unborn child to be just like my daddy. You know, or Luther Vandross says, dance with my father. We all have those cravings that we want from our dad. And then it's even the negative from our parents. We end up saying, okay, I don't want this component of it. I never shamed my parents for not being together. It made me who I am. I never questioned, hey, why aren't y'all together? Or why didn't it work? Because for me, it didn't really matter. I know that I'm a blessing from God. And no matter what the situation was that brought them together, the blessing of it was, of course, me. I really feel like knowing the kind of guy he was, not a bad guy, but clearly that guy that could, you know, mm-hmm. make it rain, as the young people say. Yeah. And giving that money out. And so in getting married, I wanted somebody who could. Let's kind of pause before we go into the marriage. I want to go back to something that you mm-hmm. hit on. And I have what I refer to as the four phases of internal transformation. And you talked about how. And phase number one is actually past lessons and how, you know, just your dad just dishing out money, right? Once Mm -hmm. you became a woman, you learned those behaviors. So before we talk about the marriage, talk about how, you know, just your dad just dishing out money to you. It's like, okay, if I want it, I'm going to get it. How did Mm -hmm. that show up in the way you handled and managed Mm -hmm. money as an adult? I didn't know how to manage money. Because of that, managing money is still a struggle. You know, we get paid, we pay our bills. We're like, okay, I got this left. Let's go do this and let's go do that. I'm going to get paid again in two weeks. Not really thinking that, hey, that two weeks, the check may not come. COVID going to hit you and you're not going to get paid. By the grace of God, I'm in a field where I am still getting paid. But I didn't have the idea of saving money because whenever I wanted something, I just called them. Hey. How's it going? Well, I kind of need $200, you know? And so I even think I took that into credit card debt, you know? Oh, I can pay it off. It's only $200. And then getting to a place where it's like, no, you need to pay this debt down. You don't need this debt. Like this is unnecessary debt. These are unnecessary bills. If you pay this credit card off, that bill is no longer needed. That's an extra $500 you're able to put in savings or extra $500 you're able to put towards a trip that you want. As long as we're continually to swipe a credit card, we're never fully letting go of debt. You know, like they mm-hmm. say, robbing Peter to pay Paul. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm going to use this credit card to do this. But in all honesty, you're using that credit card to pay this one down. So you just built this one up. So you really didn't help yourself out. So because my dad was the guy that always dished it out, Having a true value of money, I didn't have that. Having a true understanding of how to save money, I didn't have that. Like I said, I mean, my dad was like the ATM. 
I just went to him. And it was like the ATM never went went empty. You know, yeah. like there were times I would go with him and never have an amount in my mind of what I was going to ask. I was just going to go and say, well, life's good. But, you know, I kind of want to do this and just see what amount I would get. And the sad part about that is whatever amount I got, I already had in my mind, okay, because he gave me 300 this week, I'm going to be good till next month. I just call him next month around this. It really hindered both of us to build a relationship because as a teenager, you're expecting your parents to kind of lead you and show you the way. Well, his leading and showing me the way was, I'm going to give you this money because I love you and I'm not there in the physical. I'm not in the home. I'm not doing this. So I'm just give you this money. So with that, yeah, I was great at the time. I was on top of the world. But even as a grown up now being like, okay, yeah, you got an extra 500 in the account, but that doesn't mean go spend it till you only got $2 in the account. You know, it's really like, why are you even going to spend it? What void or what need do you have that's going to be filled because you go spend the money? Or is it just you bored? Yeah. So I think I got to a place where I was spending money to fill voids like, and that I was going to be my question shopper. for you. Do you feel mm-hmm. that because your dad was not there, right, mm-hmm. to feel the avoid of the quality time, of the getting to know him, mm-hmm. of really mm-hmm. understanding who he is as a father, like your lack of relationship with him, do you feel like it manifested in a lack of a healthy relationship rather with your money? I could definitely say that because of that, I'm, a, I'm like I was saying, I'm an emotional shopper. So when I'm like real pissed off, like how most people will go sit in their room and cry or eat or go drink about a wine, I'm the one that's going to go shopping. And I'll be like, I'm going to just go to Target or I'm going to just go here. And my excuse was always, well, it's on sale. So I feel like because it's on sale, I'm getting a discount. I mean, it's not hurting me that I spent this $20, you know, but then thinking in hindsight, for every $20 that you spent, out of anger or sadness, like, where could you be today? Where would that $20 be? Like today, that $20 is gone because you was angry, but it's seven days in a week. If you angry five days and you go spend $20 each time, that's a hundred bucks. You spend a hundred dollars a week on nonsense. That's $400 a month. So where could you literally be in three months? You had 1200, but you continue to spend this hundred dollars because you're angry or because you're bored or whatever the case may be that's still throwing into debt. That's, you don't have anything to save from it. So I definitely think because I didn't get the quality time growing up, I didn't get the daddy's girl love that most, that ideal image we have of a daddy's girl. You know, mm-hmm. I was the one that, hey, when I need him, I'm gonna call him. And you know, that did play into the dudes that I dated. Even the dudes that maybe they had the best personality and they were so wonderful and so great but I was paying when we went out, you know what I'm saying? Or I was doing this. It was kind of like, dude, what you got going on? Like, why aren't you paying? Like, why am I always paying? And now looking back in hindsight, he was just in a place in life where he didn't have a lot of money. And, you know, you have to look in the mirror and know who you are. I do know that I have high taste and I like nice things like we all do, but not saying I'm a gold digger because I'm not, I just like nice things. Mm -hmm. He wasn't able to provide those nice things or even the the quality of time that we spent. Like if we just get real, real, it was on a sexual tip. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I'm missing quality time. I'm missing you being able to buy me gifts. Oh, but I can come over here and lay up. And then that's all I get out of this. So what did that invest in me? And I'm just kind of, as you grow, you get to a place to where 
if something is not pouring into you, if something is not building you up to make you better, you don't need it. You know what I'm saying? You don't want that in your life. So just understanding that the type of dad you have will portray in the type of men you date, both the pros and the cons. And the cons. You know, and then for me, it went into just just money management based on my dad. So not only was the type of man that I want to date, the type of man that I want to marry, but then it goes into money management. Then it goes into how do you handle conflict resolution? Then it goes into just you becoming who you are. You know, everybody plays a vital role in your life. Mm-hmm. So yeah, my dad, who is deceased, who I did not have the best relationship with, but in his last years, he really tried to make up for that. But ultimately, it has it's definitely shaped me who I am today. But I think there are some there are some guards up because of that. But you know, through life, you just got to work through those things. I have no ill will towards my dad. I think he did the best he could with the resources he had. Yeah, and just. Just, you know, his idea of what a father was. I didn't know my grandfather on that side. My father came from a family of like 10, 12 kids. You know, when you think about that, maybe time wasn't something he got because it had to be spread out amongst so many kids. Right. And And maybe then that manifested in his relationship Mm -hmm. with you, which is, again, a past lesson. But when you talked about how you... One of the things you mentioned was that as you got older, like it started to manifest in the guys that you were dating, right? And mm-hmm. you began to realize in phase four of my four phases is progressive evolution. And as you continue to evolve, you become aware of so much of the things, right, that you've experienced in your life and how it's shown up in your life. So you did talk about how your relationship with your dad resulted in the type of guys that you dated. Mm-hmm. Let's dig deeper into that. You eventually, you know, met a guy, you end up falling in love and you guys got married. Mm -hmm. How did your relationship with your dad and the way your dad handled you and money show up in your marriage? So I think the crazy thing is the guy that I ended up marrying, I met him in 2007 because I graduated in 2008. Yeah, so 2007. My dad died August 2007. We had probably met July 2007. So I know you a month before my dad died and you're like, you're trying to be this, you know, caring guy. Let me be here for you. So of course that was that and not properly grieving had me going to that. But after going to counseling, after some troubles in the marriage, I realized that at the time my husband wasn't there because he was traveling for work. He was, he's a musician because he wasn't there. Ultimately I married my dad. Mm. I married a guy that wasn't there, but could give the money, you know, like, hey, when I come back, the bills are paid. Hey, let's go out to eat here. Hey, let me do this. But then even in the midst of that, throughout the marriage, I found myself feeling like I'm not handling the money. I got to wait on somebody to give me some. Hey, but I also got to work every day, you know, and I'm not working a BS job. Like I have a salary paying job. I'm educated. I'm degreed. And it's like, I got to get an allowance from my own husband. Like, Mm. how is this, how is this effective? You know, again, how do you learn the money management component if you don't have the money to manage? How do you manage the money if all you do is go to the ATM and take it out? So then I found myself in the midst of the marriage because I feel like, hey, I got, I should be able to do some things for myself. I shouldn't have to ask you for this. So then I found myself going to the (laughs) grocery store 
then I would always take me $20 out. Going back to that whole $20 emotional spending mm-hmm. being $100 a month that you're throwing away. But then I got to a point because of the control and the manipulation in the marriage, I was taking $20 out a month. You get what I'm saying? So I went from spending $20 every time I got mad to now I'm going to the grocery store and take this 20 out and I need to start, you know, saving this. In the end, of course, I ended up explaining, hey, this is why I was taking the $20 and this is why I was doing this. But it had to evolve and grow because then it came out. I don't have to hide from you taking $20. You know what I'm saying? Like if we're in this covenant together, we should be able to communicate needs and wants and desires. You know, I want to go get my nails done. I shouldn't have to take $20 from the grocery bill to make it look like, oh, the bill was $220 instead of $200 because I needed to pocket $20. I shouldn't have had to do that. Again, going back to the daddy who gave me what I wanted Mm -hmm. but wasn't there. So because of that, the money management wasn't there. And again, you know, in marriage, the money management isn't there because I'm basically putting all my money into this account, this joint account. But I'm never like saying, oh, okay, well, let's take a look at it. So we got 2000 here. The bills are 1400 and we got this and we got this. So I think because of that, from my dad, of course, it came into the marriage. Now, did the marriage only end because of money? Absolutely not. That's another podcast for another day. But understanding that the man who I look to as the father figure, as my dad, as who showed me what a man is supposed to be. I unconsciously married that same person, even though we were in the home together because he traveled so much. He wasn't there. Like there were times I was like, I'm a single married woman. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And then, you know, I processed with my dad what that meant. But then I also processed with my mom what that meant. I also think that as women, you know, we want our children to have more than we had. You know, we want them to see things that we didn't see. And so because my mom grew up in a house where her mom worked two jobs and she was forced to kind of help take care of her siblings, that's not something she wanted for me. So again, you got your ATM, aka your dad, but you got your mom who wants you to be the princess, who doesn't want you to have to want for anything. So I I missed it on both ends, but love my parents dearly. You know, my mom is definitely my shero and my mom has showed me more than lack, if that makes sense. You know, so, but again, these are just life lessons that if we don't go through them, we don't learn them. And everybody is meant to learn things on their time and walk their own path and stay in their own truth. It's just when you get your path and you understand that walk, you got to be able to recognize your truth and look in the mirror and have those heart to heart conversations. So even now, you know, I'm looking to buy a home in 2021. But then it's like, all right, credit card got to be cut up. Yeah. You've got to go through phase number three, which is called penetrating growth. And one of the things you said that you hit it on on both marks. And I kind of think that a lot of us can kind of relate to that where there are things and you and you said it best with your dad. He gave me the best that he could with what he had, but we don't know what they experienced. Right. Right. We don't know what lessons were passed 
down to them that were passed on to us. And there is so much power in the subconscious mind because you talked Mm -hmm. about that, how your experiences, right? You wanted to marry your dad. Like every little girl does. Every little girl who has their relationship with her father wants to marry the type of man that her father is. But what happens when you don't have a really good example of your father? All you're doing is repeating the cycle, which we talked about in season one. Season one of the podcast, we talked about cycles and how in order for you to experience true freedom, and you just said it, you've got to be able to come to grips with yourself and understand that it starts with you, which was season one, episode seven, which talked about the power of self-awareness. Self-awareness mm-hmm. is key. And that kind of happened with me. You know, I thought I was going abroad when y'all were like, uh-uh, I cannot believe you are moving to Qatar. But I thought that I was going to just pay off my debt, right? But it literally was a debt of internal transformation and God began to purge so much stuff. And I'm still in my Persian season, right? I don't know if you've seen the recent interview with August Alsina and how August has gone through this entire metamorphosis Mm -hmm. process, right? And how he's dealing with relationships, you know, love and past and past trauma, all of that passed on. And so in order for you to truly experience, you know, the freedom that you want in these areas, you've got to be able to identify and get to the root core, right? Be able yeah, to get to yeah. the root of the issue. And that's, you know, that's, that's, that's what it sounds like you, you did. You got to the root of why you were spending money the way that you were, right? Just, mm-hmm. you weren't being honest with your husband. Like you were stealing. If it was like, it was basically kind of like you stealing, you robbing your husband. Like right, I'm right. stealing Robin from my Peter, husband. To pay. Peter to pay Paul. Same yeah. Thing. Yeah. yeah. Same thing. It was a cycle, but in a whole different season. What was your aha moment? Like, what was your defining moment where you were like, okay, Sheree, like, you can't keep doing this. You cannot keep doing this because you're only going to find yourself back in the same place. So what did that look like for you? Right. So I think in the midst of my divorce process, you know, I started looking for apartments and then my mom was like, well, why are you going to move into an apartment? Like, we don't know how much your divorce is going to cost. You may as well stay home. Okay, great. No problem, right? So you stay home. You should be saving money, but you're not. Like, I was spending, like, I was not a mom. Like, I like I didn't have bills. But it was that emotional spending. You know, it was happy hour every other day. It was going to the Galleria. It was like shopping to kind of heal something that was damaged and broken because of the death of a marriage, because the a divorce is basically a death, you know, mm-hmm. going through that death. It was like, again, my emotional spending was taking over and I was like, okay, I'm gonna start saving. Okay. I'm gonna start saving and never did it. But then I realized like our parents want more for us. Okay. So I want more for my son. You know, I can be on top of my career. We can travel. But at the same time, like my son deserves to say, oh, this is me and my mommy's house. You know, this is the house my mom got for us. You know, I wanted this in the house and my mom was able to do that. Now, granted, being able to come home has been a huge blessing. Just the things that have happened personally that I've been able to conquer. But then also understanding that, you know, to everything, there is a season. Mm-hmm. And I felt like, Every time I said, hey, this is the year I'm going to move out. I'm going to put on the vision board this year. This year I'm going to do that. Something happened to where recently I had to ask God, why are we stopping again? Like I've had it on the vision board almost. This is going on year three in 2021. So why are we at a pause? And I just feel like God had to get me to a place where, 
like you say, you went through your purging. I had to get it out of my system, this whole living free. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. spending money emotionally, celebratory, whatever the case may be. I had to like get that out of my system. And I think it went back to no money management from your father. Feeling like you couldn't have your own in your marriage. You were controlled. So now that I was finally in this place, it was like, okay, I moved back home with my mom. She wanna help support me with my kid. Man, I could just be free. You know what I'm saying? So it was that spending just because of the freedom that I felt like I had, not realizing that I was free, but because I was spending, I'm putting myself back in debt. I'm putting myself back in bondage. Like if you gotta put your trip on your credit card but you can't pay that off before you go on your trip, then that's a problem. And it's kind of like that verse in the Bible where it says, don't use your freedom, right, to become basically bound again, use your freedom to serve Mm -hmm. others. Mm -hmm. So you basically were finding yourself again in another Mm -hmm. cycle, right? And God had to sit you down and have you deal with your truth. Yeah. So I feel like now I'm in a place to where, you know, I'm paying debt off. Like I've cleaned two credit cards. My car note should be hopefully paid by, if not the end of this year. February, March next year. So just the things that he's allowing me to do while still being in this place. You know, a lot of people go home because, man, they hit rock bottom. You know, that wasn't mine. I just had a different phase of life. Some people go home. It's like, oh, I got to go. My mama treated me like I'm back in high school. This is the case. I mean, that's so not the case. I'm fortunate enough that this last January 15, 2020, my grandmother passed, but I was able to have an entire year with her in our home. So we have four generations in the home yeah. that you're like, some people don't get that. You know, yeah. so my child was able to see his great grandmother, his grandmother, his mom, like he, that's what he's seen every day, yeah. you know, and that's a blessing within itself. So I think it ultimately everything goes down to the way God says it's going to happen. His will be done. You get to a place where you stop praying, Lord, this is what I want for me. This is what I want for me to, Lord, this is what I want, but please allow it to line up with your will. And if it does not line up with your will, take the desire away and show me your will. Like when you start, you start praying different, Mm -hmm. your mind shifts, you know, the company you keep shifts. So I just think that growth, once you get there, it's like that aha moment. Like as an educator, when we work with kids and the light bulb goes off, you're like, Man, they finally get it. You don't even care if they got it the same day, a week later, a whole nine weeks later. You're just so happy that that light bulb has went off and they got it. So with me and the whole debt situation, it's just kind of like the light bulb has gone off. He had to make sure that you were committed and not just interested. And my coach says this all the time. Are you committed or are you just interested? And Mm -hmm. I think with God, you were interested in buying a house. Mm -hmm. But he was mm-hmm. like, yeah, no, nah, she's not really committed. Let me just keep mm-hmm. her right where she at, right? Yeah. That's good. Sure. And I, and also goes back to purpose over preference. And mm. life, you know, we all have our purpose. And we all have our preference. But understanding that purpose is going to outweigh preference every single time. Because preference is a self-desire. Preference is I want, I want, I want. And purpose is this is what God has you for. This is what you're destined to do. So even in dating, you know, you have your preference. He got to be six foot, brown eyes, child, whatever. You know, stripping me that too. You got your preference, but then your purpose may not be six foot. Your purpose may be six two. It might be a little taller. 
four, he might be five, eight, a little shorter, but he's going to be the one that's going to help you and destiny you. Now, I'm not saying don't ask the Lord to package it, you know, the way you want it. <laughs> Jesus, are you like, listening? Jesus. But just but just understand that sometimes your packaging ain't going to be in his purpose. So, you know, you get to a place where you're like, you know, Lord, I want purpose over preference. And so in all things, I want purpose over preference. And I'll just say this because I don't know what you have. But even in working with teachers, you know, I live by the two deposits for every withdrawal. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, and I explain to teachers, even if I go into classroom and it's absolutely like, man, oh my gosh, like what's going on? The kids are all over the place. I'm like, I got to find two positive things. I can't leave here until I can find two positive I may have a whole list of negatives and a whole list of things we got to fix, but I cannot leave before I get these two positives because what I'm not going to ever do is continue to withdraw from people mm-hmm. and not be able to deposit in them. So even if I got this list of 10, I'm still only going to do one because I'm only able to give you two deposits. So if I give you two deposits and take one because I got to withdraw for what you need to work on, you still got something. You know, it's like I put $40 in the bank. All right, I got to take 20. I still got $20, but I can't go put $40 in the bank and take 60 because then yeah, I'm negative. Because then you're so in I don't the never, It's not like the bucket I don't filler. Wanna, yeah. Yeah. I don't never want to be in a place where I am withdrawing more from people than I'm able to deposit in them. And that, I mean, that goes into how I interact with people my own personal bank account, you know, so. Yeah. That's good, Sheree. Has your preference changed? <laughs> I have a type. All my friends know I have a type. So I'm getting to it again. My prayer is like, I've been married before. So mm-hmm. I've had the fancy wedding. I've had the glitz. I've had the glam. glam. Marriage is great. Marriage is beautiful. You know, I, if I one day marry again, great. But I'm in a place in life where I wholeheartedly want the companionship, mm-hmm. the life partner, the best friend, the one that will push me even when I don't want to be pushed, the one that's going to support me, the one that's going to say, hey, I want to grow together. I want us to build this and vice versa. I want to be able to give them the exact same thing. That's just kind of where I'm at. I can't really say, I mean, I'm still a work in progress. So Lord knows I have my preference. We are. But I, I am think, as well. But I think the purpose of what that preference should be in my life is going to come how God just, I mean, he's already out there. And for another podcast at another time, you know, you go through the ripping of the layers, you know, and the taking the guards down. Like, and then when you meet somebody and then the guard goes right back up, but you're like, I mean, I can't keep doing this. It's like the garage door going up and down. Like, I can't keep doing this because it's going to get stuck and it's going to break. So just kind of growing through that. So purpose of a preference is still a work in progress but yes. I do know that the purpose that I want that person to fulfill in my life I think what I want and what I'm asking for is that of a husband you know but ultimately I'm not gonna meet him and say oh that's my husband I want to meet him and develop a friendship I want to meet him and it's like hey let me support you with this oh hey let me support you with this and let's grow and then it's kind of like well, we're kind of good together you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, let it naturally evolve. And you're like, oh, y'all cute. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But you're cute because you compliment each other, not just on the physical, but internally. That's good. I, I'm so proud of you. I'm so Thanks proud too. of you. I have known Cherie, y'all, for the last 12, 13 years of my life. And just to see the woman that she has evolved into, because again, phase four is progressive evolution. We're constantly evolving. I have literally watched you go 
from a young adult to a woman. Mm -hmm. And for that, I can Mm -hmm. say that I'm honored to be your sister Aww. and be your friend. Thank you, boo. Okay, so I, I know that we... Metamorphosis, honey. Yeah, so I know that we can continue to talk forever, but I'm going to ask you what I like to refer to as my two truth for freedom questions, okay? And just, just be natural. Question number one is, what does it mean to get real to truly experience freedom? To truly experience freedom, I think you have to be okay being by yourself and going through the valley. We all get excited to be on the mountaintop and we want everybody to experience the mountaintop with us. But to really get to that mountaintop, you have to go through some valley low moments. And in those valley low moments, you truly learn who you are and what you're lacking. Like being able to say, you know what? The only way I'm really going to lose this weight is if I really like, if I leave the ice cream alone, if I stop eating fast food, if I do this, like have that moment with yourself. Because you can look at pictures of yourself all you want and say, man, I wish I was still that size. You can buy a different size outfit to say, well, I'm still cute. But until you really get to that valley low where you're like, I, I, I'm here. I don't like this. I got to change something. And have those hard conversations with yourself. You know, look in the mirror. Be real with yourself. When I went through the end of the marriage as it was coming down, I used to write my prayers on the bathroom mirror. And it started off with just a little small section and then it would grow and it got a little longer and I kind of would start further up. So the next thing you know, my prayers literally went all across the bathroom mirror, double sink. Mm. So that was for me, you know, but I wrote on the bathroom sink. I needed to see that. I needed that constant reminder. Okay, this is where I am today. Am I ready to erase this and write a new prayer? Or do I still need to ask this same prayer? Mm. And it's okay to pray the same prayer. But also know that when you're praying that prayer, be open to what God is trying to tell you. Yeah. Don't pray the same prayer and God's answering it. But because it's not the answer you want, I'm going to keep praying. it. So really being okay with going into the valley and having those valley moments. Because it's only when you really go through your valley and you're able to come up that you can say, I've been set free. Mm, that's good, Sheree. That's good. Yeah, going through those valley moments. Mm-hmm. Okay, question number two is a fill in the blank. Okay? okay, you're gonna say my name is, and the truth about debt is. My name is Sheree, and the truth about debt is selfish behavior. Oh, come on, <laughs> go keep going. Now you know you can't leave me like that. Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> So I say selfish behavior because it's all about self. Mm. It's not for a greater good. It's not for a greater purpose. You know, it's about self, whether that self is to fulfill a void or whether that self is to prove something to others. You know, I think we all can admit that we've gone through some things where we wanted the people please. Mm -hmm. And so in people pleasing, you're still, okay, I got to be selfish because I got to let them know I'm this and I'm that. But in that selfish behavior, what what are you doing to yourself? Because in trying yeah. to please people, you're putting yourself in debt, whether it's to buy fancy clothes, whether it's to buy a car, or not getting enough sleep at night because you're so busy up worrying about what this person going to think about you. That's yeah. selfish. That's not really giving yourself the love that you need, you know, and and being selfish, you got to get to a and overcoming that selfish behavior got to get to a place where you understand that this thing called life is not about you. 
Yeah. Like we are not here to just be like, I'm Sheree. Sheree is me. That's all there is to be. You know, like I am here to be a blessing to somebody else. The way I'm blessed, I have to bless somebody else. That's why even when I tell my story of, you know, a failed marriage and a bitter, nasty divorce, because I wanted to help somebody. Like I know that I did not go through that fire just for me. Yeah. You know, so in overcoming debt, put that selfish behavior away. Like God is going to bless you with the desires of your heart. But understand that he's not going to, A, he's not going to put more on you than you can bear. B, he wants to trust you, but do you really trust him? Mm. You know, and so in doing all those things, when you're being selfish, that's not trusting God to do what he said he was going to do. Girl, he already told me I got trust issues. So we'll have to talk about this off of the podcast. But oh my gosh, Sheree, that was so good. Sheree, thank you again so much for being here. Thank you for sharing your story. Um, And thank you for helping the Freedom Fighter community to break free. If they wanted to connect with you over on social media, where could they find you? So my Instagram is Sheree underscore I am. That's S-H-E-R-R-E-E underscore I am. You know, just A-M. And then on Facebook, I'm Sheree Johnson, S-H-E-R-R-E-E Johnson, J-O-H-N-S-O-N. And on Twitter, I am Sheree, S-H-E-R-R-E-E, D as in David, Johnson, J-O-H-N-S-O-N. And all of that will be in the show notes. Again, Sheree, thank you so much for being here, sis. Thank you, boo. That was good, wasn't it? You know, I just really love the guests that I bring on the show and how when they share their life's experiences, it helps us to shift our perspective on what it really means to be debt-free. One of the most important relationships in our lives are those with our parents. We may not see the correlation between our relationship with our parents and money, but just know that if this relationship is not one that's whole, the void that we have from that relationship can cause us to continue in cycles of not only attracting the wrong type of person, but the cycles of poor money management and debt. You know, it kind of reminds me of the song that Jamie Foxx has. It's called Fall For Your Type. And the lyrics are, I always fall for your type. I always fall for your type. Are you attracting the same type of person in your life due to an unhealed parental relationship and a void that you've been trying to fill? Can I be truthful here? Like, can I keep it real? I now realize that the void that I have been trying to fill all these years when it came to money and men was simply because I wanted a healthier relationship with my mother. Though it wasn't the typical mother-daughter relationship, it wasn't all bad, but it wasn't all good either. And as I continue to do my own inner work with life coaching and therapy, one of the realizations for me is that I know my parents are people. And sometimes when our parents have their own unresolved things and issues, oftentimes we as the children have to deal with the side effects of it. And maybe one day 
I'll really carve out the time to do an episode on how I racked up that $10,000 worth of credit card debt and, you know, just some of my life's experiences, not to shame, but so that other people can really get free. And I had a conversation with my dad recently. And one of the things that I asked him was like, you know, why oftentimes do we have to go through these things? And it's because I know that there is someone on the other side who is going through the same thing. And my story and testimony is what's going to serve and bless and help them to get free so that others can get free. So if you're dealing with something, just know that what you are going through is not just for you. It is for someone else that you are connected to. And one of my biggest prayers, especially in the Black community, is that there be a shift in restoration between mothers and daughters and daughters and fathers so that we as Black women can stop filling the void with degrees, clothes, memberships and organizations, men, validation, and everything else that keeps us in debt. Before we go, I want to ask that you share this episode with a sister friend who you know needs to break free from a parental issue that they may have that very well could be affecting their finances. I also want to ask that you leave a review. Not only does it help the algorithm for more sister friends to find the show, it is also what's going to be used to get more sister friends on this journey to freedom. So please, please, please be sure to leave a review as well as share this episode. Well, Freedom Fighters, that completes Season 2, Episode 2 of Real Talk with Ramesha Nicole Podcast. Was that real or what? On today's episode, we talked about how a void from a parental relationship not only keeps you in debt financially, but that it keeps you in debt relationally by causing you to always fall for the same type of individual, as well as steps you can take to begin to break free. On the next episode, we're going to be talking about what it takes to become the master of you and how by learning who you are at your core helps you to truly experience freedom. Until next time, Continue to get real with yourself in order to experience true debt freedom by keeping in mind this principle. You shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free.